Blog Talk Radio. Talking about what is and what ain't country What gives them the right to wear a pair of beat-up boots Is it the size of your tires and your fires or your wild-ass buddies Well, give me a minute, let me hit you with some hometown truth You can be a cowboy on the Texas plane Or a plowboy Waiting on the rain We're all a little different But we're all the same Everybody doing their own thing I got my dirt road cred When I was 12 On a no-cap tractor Hauling in bells Backing in boats Fishing limb lines Running bird dogs Through the Georgia pines Stepside covered down in peanut dust Friday night spotlight And that was us It might not have been you But I can't judge Just be proud what makes your country? Does it run in your blood? Did it come from your daddy and mama? Were you converted by an Alabama song on the radio that feels so right? Did you lock eyes with a little green-eyed girl from Jackson? I just gotta know Me, I got my Sunday Learning in a live old church Silver queen corn in the backyard dirt Waiting for the fall to finally come along So I can grab my gun and get my outside on Southside covered down in peanut dust Friday night spotlight and that was us It might not have been you But I can't judge, just be proud of It might not have been you, but I ain't judging, just be proud of what makes your country. Whatever makes your country. You do your kind of country. Bachelorettes hooting at the drivers are in. The tightwad dad doing a free parking fist bump. Oh, yeah. He's in. Nano with six speeding tickets. She's in. Cornhole aficionados and NASCAR newbies. In and in. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race at Kansas Speedway. Saturday, May 11th, under the lights. Tickets at kansasspeedway.com. You in? Your daughter signing the finish line. She's in. Your grandpa air guitaring the pre-race concert. He's in. Soldiers saluting the flyover. They're all in. Fans holding their breath before a wreck. In. Drivers trash-talking on your headset after the wreck. Definitely in. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race at Kansas Speedway. Saturday, May 11th, under the lights. Tickets at kansasspeedway.com. You in?
is NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio. Good evening from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim Despain, alongside of my good friend and CEO of Stevie.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. Let's bring Stephen into the show. Uh, he said he was going to run a little late, but you made it, brother. Well, I'm in the car driving to the house, so you'll have to kind of bear with me for a few minutes. That's Tim, for I understand, and thanks again for because I know you always on you're always on the go and always and always here. But I want to let everybody know the number to call in: two one five three eight three thirty six eighty one. Again, I'm Tim Despain here in Talladega. He's Stephen Wilson. SpeedwayDigest.com up in Richmond, up in the Commonwealth of Virginia, right outside of Richmond Raceway. Stephen, we had a triple hill this past weekend at, at Dover, and I oh I forgot to let everybody know. Uh, our guest coming on at 20 after the hour, we've got um, President of Kansas Speedway, Mr. Pat Warren. He's going to swing by and talk about the big weekend this weekend. Stephen, uh, while you're driving, I want to go ahead and uh, I don't want to put you on the spot and let you really talk, but I think we might we might try to cover a little bit of the uh, JX200 there from Dover this past weekend. Uh, for Johnny Sauter won it. Uh, Johnny won it. Uh, P2 was Brett Moffat. P3 was Harrison Burton. My good friend Grant Insinger was fourth. Matt Crapton, fifth. Ben Rhodes, sixth. Austin Hill, seventh. Derek Krause, eighth. Tyler Akram, ninth. And my other good friend, Ross Chastain, which he's been really, really busy. He had a P, uh, P10, top 10 there in the JX200 at Dover International Speedway. Uh, I got some audio that we can that we can play from Johnny Sauter. Anything you got to add that before we play the audio? No, Johnny Sauter, he's looking for a win already this year. And, uh, you know, Thor Sport has, uh, you know, been looking to get back on the top of their game. And I think with Johnny Sauter coming back over from GMS Racing last year, uh, this is their kind of first opportunity to get back into victory lane. Um, you know, they got another opportunity this weekend. And I think in Texas in a couple of weeks also, you might want to look at some of the Thor Sport drivers that are um, going to be out there. So, you know, they, they had a good showing. You talked about uh, Johnny Barr and, uh, you know, Grant and Finger, both of them with Thor's Court. And I think, uh, you know, just they're just looking to uh, recapture and get back to the top of their game. Uh, and, you know, maybe this is their opportunity to start that ascension back. And let's listen to what Jake's 200 champion there, uh, Johnny Sauter and crew chief Joe, Joe Shear had to say in the meeting center after their win Friday evening at Dover International Speedway. All right. We're going to kick off our um, post-race press conference here from today's race winner, Johnny Sauter. Johnny will be joining us here um, soon, but we're going to kick off with our race-winning um, crew chief Joe Shear and our team representative um, from Thor Sport Racing, um, David Pepper. So we will start um, to open with questions. If you have one, please raise your hand and state your name and affiliation. Who would like to kick us off? We'll start with Lee. Can you check that mic, please? you break it? Testing one, two, three. <laughs> cha, cha, cha. <laughs> Congratulations, gentlemen. Um, Joe, I guess you had Johnny in uh, fuel conservation mode and he flipped the switch on, what was it, the, the I don't know, what was it, the ignition? Um, yes. And can you kind of take us through what, what happened after that? Uh, <coughs> we, we always cut him off and say fuel especially that kind of time in the race, basically because we are trying to make our last pit stop as fast as we can, so we try to save as much fuel as we can, and we don't ever know when the last caution is going to come out. So we always do that, and then just a freak deal, he switched it back on, and it didn't fire. And my heart went about out of my chest, and uh didn't know what to do, but it fired back up, and we lost positions. But, you know, we had a good enough truck this this Ford F50 was pretty good today, and we, uh, I shouldn't say we, Tab, kept Johnny calm, and we just kept fine-tuning this thing, and uh, 
we knew we had something at the end. And, and Pepper is, is the theme song for this team reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty good. Um, no, we knew exactly what we, uh, we were bringing back. I mean, we were bringing back guys that could win races and uh, just make our program better. And I think you saw it today. Uh, a big win for the company, a uh, big company day, four in the top six. Um, that's three weeks in a row here, three races in a row. Um, we're just going to keep knocking them down. That's why we're here. All right, additional questions? Come on, someone's got a question. All right, Jen. Oh, Chris is going <laughs> to ask a question. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Joe, how do you guys care, feel like going to Kansas next weekend, and how much did this uh, off-week stretch, the four-week stretch, help you guys prepare for not only go over this weekend, but up the upcoming races at Kansas and Charlotte? Well, uh, we needed off-season or the off-break, um, obviously, starting a new team. But I thought we started out pretty good. We had speed right away, but we had a little couple of hiccups at a couple races. But we we fixed that, and obviously we've been pretty fast everywhere we've come. This is exactly what we kind of thought we would have. Um, I, you know, I'm just proud of these guys, and, and I'm really happy with these F-150s and what we had here to work with. So I, I really expected to have a couple wins by now, and uh, I'm happy with where we're at. But we worked out a little – we worked it out a little bit here, and, and, we're, and we've been doing – we've been working on our stuff. We've been going to wind tunnels. We've been doing stuff like that, and we've been – trying to get it back together here and uh i showed we're pretty good but we still got a little bit of work to do and i think we're going to be strong here in the middle of the season to the end and bush beer is delicious <laughs> all right we've now been joined by our race winner johnny sauter we'll continue to take questions if you have one please raise your hand and state your name and affiliations we have any questions for johnny all right we'll go back to chris ChrisKnightCatchments.com. Johnny, was today the statement that uh, you guys are forced to be working with when it comes to the championship? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I honestly felt that way even from day one when I walked into the shop and, and just saw the progression of Thor Sport from the last time I was there. I told you this at Vegas, I think. Um, you know, that program has come a long way, um, just, just the way that it's set up with the Finnish Fab, Fab Shop. And I know I talk about that stuff a lot. People go, oh, what? propaganda whatever but i'm telling you that's that's how you win and lose races is preparation and and, and all that back at the shop so um man i this is awesome i, I knew after atlanta uh, i felt like we kind of let it slip away a little bit um that we were going to be a force to be reckoned with and then uh, martinsville i felt like we had the truck to beat and, and had some trouble there with the plug wire and all that and i lost my cool a little bit that day but um i know that's hard to believe but uh you know just you just got to keep doing it you know week in and week out and and just stay focused on what you can control and what you can't control and today um you know i just kept my wits about me uh obviously when the motor wouldn't fire back up i don't know why um but i won't do that again uh but just so proud of everybody at Thorsport. this is this is so cool duke and ronda they don't know what they mean to me personally um and to get them a win you know they've meant so much to the truck series and i don't think they get near enough credit for for how long they've been around here and just how hard they've worked and how much money they've spent. Um, and to get Ford an F-150 in victory lane, that's that's the ultimate. So um, for this deal to come together so late like it did and to be sitting where we are right now, uh, we got a lot of work to do, but um, good group of guys, man, and they're hungry. All right, go ahead in the back. We'll come up front to Reese. Go ahead. No, Lewis, TSJ Sports. Johnny, this is your third straight win here at Dover. What is it about this track that suits you? Well, I just love it here. <laughs> um, people ask me all the time, they're like, you know, what's your favorite racetrack? And I say, boy, that's a tough one, but I always come back to the Monster Mile. You know, I if you if I've been asked ten times, nine times, I've said it's Dover. So this is just a fun racetrack. The, the two most exhilarating laps you'll make all year are qualifying here. Take your breath away. And uh, they're like, how was the truck? And I said, let me catch my breath, and I'll let you know. Um, and just to race here, it's such a rhythm racetrack. And uh, I think you'd have that on silent by now, but <laughs> uh, just such a cool place. And, and, and honestly, um, for whatever reason, we've been able to work the second groove and, and make some moves and make some passes. And that, to me, is 
that's when it's fun is when you can race around a racetrack a little bit. So you you talk about track position and all that, but um, when you've got room to race and there's grip there, then it then it makes it more fun for the driver. So um, I said it before and I'll say it again. Yesterday when I was changing for practice, I saw the victory lane hat bag on the counter and I said, yeah, why not? So um, just so proud of these guys. This is a team effort and uh, uh, I'm pumped. All right, Reed. Uh, Reed Spencer with NASCAR Wire Service. Uh, Johnny, could you explain what happened when? Could you explain what happened when the engine wouldn't fire? And once that happened, were you a, were you at all worried that as important as track position is here, that you wouldn't be able to work your way back up to the front? Yeah, I mean, I probably dropped a couple f bombs, but um, you know, at the end of the day, you got to get back on your horse and and say, okay, this happened, and and you got to you know make the best of it. So. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what happened. He, we're saving fuel. He told me to save fuel, so the only way to do that is cut the ignition off and then flip the switch back up and let the clutch out, and it usually fires back up, but I couldn't get it to crank and uh, actually hit the kill switch on the steering wheel thinking that was it, and, you know, it went through a bunch of things that just clicked through your mind as as, uh, as fast as you can, you know, try to process all that, and, and then all of a sudden I just let the clutch back out and pumped the gas, and it fired back up, so we lost seven or eight spots, but... The key is to not just not get frazzled. Um, you know you're going to be back in traffic, and you got to work them as best you can. You got to plan your passes, and when you get the run with momentum, you got to use it. And if you don't, you got to settle in and just stay stay in line. So, um, a lot of discipline, I think, as far as that stuff goes. But um, yeah, I was worried. Track position is is really important at a place like this. We're going so fast. All right. Additional questions? Okay. We'll take one more. Dustin Albino, French Chips. Johnny, how hard is it to split through lap traffic here? Yeah, today it seemed pretty hard. Uh, honestly, I feel like it worked out to my favor most of the day, um, just trying to plan it. And, and actually, I was anticipating it a lap or two before I would get to them. I'd maybe slow down a little bit to try to time it right to where I could catch them on the straightaways, preferably. Um, but yeah, at one point it got us the, the stage win, and uh, and then I felt like I worked it really good that last run to, to get you know, maybe a little bit more distance on second place. So, um, but yeah, there were some trucks that were off the pace a little bit today for sure. And, uh, but that's part of racing, right? They paid their entry fee. They're working just as hard as anybody else. And, and maybe they just don't have it right. So I've been there. I've been lapped a hundred times. And uh, I know those guys are working every bit as hard as the guys running up front. So, um, but it all worked out for us today. And uh, it's just part of racing. All right, any final questions before we wrap up with our race winning team? Well, Johnny, congratulations to add to the other monsters you have. You officially have a gold one um, <laughs> for to celebrate Dover's um, 50th anniversary this season. So that one will stick out just a little bit more than the others. But um, congratulations, and uh, we, we wish you guys the best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Go Brewers. <laughs> what about the Bucks? Okay. Stephen, that was Johnny Sauter in the media center there at Pocono Raceway after he won the uh, the uh, Gander Outdoors uh, Truck Series race there. The uh, the uh, top five in points, Stephen, are only separated by 23, and to to run them down, uh, Grand Fingers leading the points. Johnny Sauter has the one win in the top five, and you got Stuart Friesen. You and I talk about Stuart Friesen week in and week out. He's third, and Brett Moffitt joined a new team. He's fourth. Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton. Harrison Burton, a rookie, is in, uh, at P7 in the points. Austin Hill and then Todd Gillian falling out the uh, top ten. Do you think uh, that, that 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 this year in the Gander Outdoor Truck Series that we're going to actually have some drivers make it into into the chase without having a win? Yeah, um, I'm, yeah, I think so. I think that they're going to be at least one or two drivers that'll probably make their way in um to uh um you know the 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 playoffs later this year um you know it's it's a highly competitive uh, the camp oil trucks and or outdoor whatever it is these days <laughs> is uh is highly competitive and you know for these drivers to go out there and do what they're doing uh, we we kind of see a couple different drivers that are continuously 
running up front, uh, Stuart Friesen is probably a, the best example of this. Um, that guy has probably has more top two, top three finishes. Did you drop, Steven? I think Steven might have dropped, but uh, let's go ahead and bring on uh, our guest tonight, uh, track president at Kansas Speedway, Mr. Pat Warren, into the pit stop with Tim Despain and Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Track pleasure there at Kansas Speedway, Mr. Pat Warren. Thank you for joining Stephen Woodson now in the pit stop. Tennis fan Stephen Woodson. How you doing this evening, brother? Sorry about that. Pat. I am I doing great. I you on me. Yeah, I, I, I just heard the unmuted. I am doing great. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you very much. And I thank Stephen Woodson. Stephen was coming back from somewhere. He, uh, he uh, dropped and everything. But, uh, we were talking about the uh, NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series at uh, Pocono this past weekend. You're going to have them this Friday night. That's some really great racing, isn't it, uh, Pat, and especially there at Kansas Speedway, especially after that new repave that y'all done a few years ago. And also Saturday night, the running of with the with the Cup Series deal. Can you talk a little bit about what, what upgrades that y'all may have be coming in the future? I don't want to put you on the spot. But, you know, my home track here here at Talladega, we're going through a fifty million dollar, uh, what they call like a transformation, and we've done went through right. phase one, now and now we're going through phase two. And you know, Daytona done this also a couple of years ago. Stevens Home Track, Richmond, they just got done with theirs, and Phoenix got done with theirs. Is there any big fan amenities that y'all? Because I know I hear. A lot of fans talk about Wi-Fi, Pat. You know, it's hard to get on the Wi-Fi, and everybody nowadays either has a iPhone or Android. Is there any plans in the in the near future for y'all to sort of do something to get the Wi-Fi out there for the fans? Well, our track has what's called the distributed antenna system, so the the different wireless carriers uh, have made investments so that you can actually get a good cell phone signal everywhere in our venue, even when we're full. Um, and so we are looking at Wi-Fi as a possibility, but right now it's not hard to get a cell signal. Uh, and so with the, the new 5G and the faster data and those kind of things, it may be that we don't ever have to do Wi-Fi because you'll be able to get it just through your normal wireless carrier. Um, you know, and as it relates to other plans, we've got a lot of things that we're talking about, uh, but we don't have anything like what Talladega's got on deck. I mean, what Grant and his team are doing is just going to be awesome. Uh, but we don't have anything of that size right now. We're doing more incremental things trying to improve ourselves from race to race, but nothing uh, nothing of the scale but what they've done at Talladega or what, what, they, what they're doing at Talladega or what they've done at Richmond and Phoenix. And, Pat, you know, I have I have visited up there. I, I have visited your racetrack there at Kansas, but I was on a business trip, and uh, I went to the to the Gander. I don't know if it's Gander Outdoors. I can't remember exactly what that was there. We went over there. They fed us barbecue, went to the casino, and done a little bit of that, you know, sort of that whimey-dimey type stuff. But that was back when mm-hmm. the track surface was was old. And now y'all have repaved it. Has that made a big difference in the handling of the cars or a big difference in, in the speed there at your facility? Well, it initially made a big difference in the speed. You know, when you've got a smooth racetrack, you tend to get the higher speeds uh, and you get less tire wear. And, of course, the drivers hate it because you got to have a hard tire, and, and so that creates problems. Um, now, with the changes in the package, it's tough to say how much the track is affecting speed. But what we're really seeing is great side-by-side racing, especially in the corners, because we've got the variable banking that starts at about 17.5 degrees on the bottom, goes up to 20 degrees on the top. Um, and so, from a from a modeling perspective, the fastest way around the track, even though it's the longest way, is to ride the top. And so uh, drivers, especially guys like Kyle Larson, Dale Jr. before he retired, really like that top groove. And when it comes in, you just get phenomenal, sometimes three wide racing through our corners. 
In fact, there's a lot of tracks around the uh, NASCAR surface, but the uh, circuit they always offer uh, veterans packages. Is, is there is there any like and also college student stuff? Do y'all have any packages for the veterans or college students or anything that you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, we do offer both of those, and the the best way. Um, there, there are various discounted packages, and it really depends upon where you sit and what you want. But among other things, a veteran can get a free pre-race pass, which is a $75 value. Um, and so they can call and get that, or they can get a discounted ticket. It's their choice. Colleges, we have some things that are group deals with colleges, some that are, uh, some that are just individual deals. But they call 866-460-RACE. They'll reach somebody at Kansas Speedway. They can find the best offer for that person. In fact, my final question before we hang you over SpeedwayDigest.com, is there any plans, like here at my home track, you know, Daytona, the start-finish line is in the center of the trial. Is there any plans, you know, like Phoenix moved there, is there any plans there at Kansas maybe moving that start-finish line around, maybe down toward the turn no. one a little bit further and make a little decision? We don't have any plans to do that right now. Um, you know, Phoenix moved it because they moved their grandstands, and uh, – of course, Bill France, Bill France Jr. moved the one at Talladega because he wanted to sell seats down there. So uh, it's uh, it's not a plan that we have right now. I think it's great at Talladega. I think it was the right thing to do at Phoenix. But uh, at Kansas right now, we're leaving it where it is. Pat, I'm going to hand you over to Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. Thank you very much for coming on, and hope you all have a great weekend at Kansas Speedway this weekend. Great. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Pat. Pat. Pat, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. You know, as we've seen in the past, a NASCAR is in a is in a state of flux, and they're making some big, some very bold changes altogether. Um, you know, we're seeing race dates moved around. We're seeing uh, race dates moved tonight. We're seeing double headers. We're seeing all kinds of things that are being put out there, things that are fans that are asking for and been asking for for quite some time. What do you think the next evolution for, for Kansas Speedway is as NASCAR continues these big and bold changes into the future? Uh, that's tough to say because, you know, it's what what we want and what the sport wants may not be exactly the same thing. And so, you know, it's usually a give-and-take process. Uh, as an example, the 2020 schedule, we have wanted a date more in the, what I would call the summertime, ideally a night race. Well, when the 2020 schedule came out, what we got was a date a little closer to summer, the weekend after Memorial Day. So, you know, I would say what most people consider summer, but it's a day race. Uh, and so, you know, we'd still like to get sometime between mid-June, mid-July for that first race we hold every year and run it at night. Um, but I think, I'll, I'll tell you, I think the folks at NASCAR that are working on the schedule, that are working on all the different changes that you reference that are going on in the sport are doing a great job. And they're, they're dealing with so many different things that they have to balance that it's often hard for somebody who may not have the complete picture, which would include me, to really understand and appreciate how hard they're working to get what they've done done. You know, racetracks today have kind of evolved to to, and what I mean by that is, is that racetracks don't always just contain themselves to motorsports events in general. Um, we've seen Richmond; they've got an amphitheater there that they brought back online. Uh, we've seen things that have been done at Talladega with uh, the 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 tough motor there. But racetracks are now in in a state of where they feel like they're more of an entertainment facility for all. And they're reaching out and broadening their spectrums. Um, you know, looking at some of the things that other tracks are doing today, where where do you think that Kansas falls into that? And what are you looking at to to bring in uh, fans that may not be fans of of motorsports racing, but you can bring them into an event and maybe sell them on the idea of coming back to a motorsports event. Well, we've been doing uh, other events, like you referenced, things like Tough Mudder, and, and we happen to be the host of the world's largest barbecue competition, the American Royal World Series of Barbecue every fall. This will be our fourth year hosting it, uh, which brings in about 30,000 people on the Friday night, which is their biggest night, about 600 teams. Um, but it's been our experience, having, a, having held a lot of these events in the past, that it's very difficult to see a crossover or a strong correlation between somebody attending a non-racing event at the track and coming back to a racing event. So we really look at the, the non-racing events on a standalone basis. We look at them as, you know, are they the right thing to do for the track? Are they the right thing for the community? Is it, you know, 
can, can we make money on it or at least not lose money on it? Those kind of questions. Not so much can we introduce somebody to Kansas Speedway in the hope that they'll come back for a race because we just, in, in the years and years we've been doing this, and we have been doing it since we opened in 2001, um, we just haven't seen that crossover using that method. Uh, we do a lot of other things to try to get people to races, but holding events at the track that aren't motorsports related hasn't really get, been able to do it. Well, what are your predictions for this weekend? You, you guys are going to have the camping world uh, again. Sorry, I keep saying camping world truck series, but it's the end of our V truck series. Same, so, same uh, company, different name. So. Same, exactly. And, and, and on top of that, you're going to close out your weekend with a night race there with the NASCAR Cup Series. Um, what do you like already this season, and what are your predictions for, for this weekend coming into Kansas? Well, I'll tell you, I don't have any predictions on the uh, the truck series race, and the reason I don't is that, that it is always wild at our place. I mean, it is it is a phenomenal race, and, and I, I would be – if I tried to predict it, I, I the only thing I can tell you I would be correct about is that I wouldn't be right. So uh, I'm not going to try on that one. For the cup race, uh, you know, Martin Truex is running really really well not right now, and Martin has had a lot of success at our track. Um you know, Gibbs won on a mile and a half earlier this year when Denny Hamlin won at Las Vegas. So I I tend to think that, or maybe he went at Texas. I apologize, it may, but he won on a mile and a half. Um, so I would look probably at the Gibbs and Penske cars as the ones who are are most likely to be successful. The Chevys have come on, uh, you know, in the last few weeks. So I expect a great race. Um, and I, you know, we've really had close racing and good racing. Uh, the last several races, and, and as our track surfaces age with the new variable banking, it just gets more and more competitive each year. Any plans for for Kansas to go out there and do something like other tracks have done, and by putting the VHT compound down, or you know, bring tire dragons out there to to open up your grooves for you know multiple lines of racing around there? Yeah, we were actually one of the first tracks to use the tire dragon. We're, we're the we gave it the name. Tire Dragon was, you know, obviously a play on words. Um, and so the one that ISC owns, or maybe the only one or maybe one of two now, uh, lives at our track, so to speak. Uh, and we do use that. We put down rubber before every race. We've been doing that since the repave. Uh, we don't have any plans to put a chemical compound down or anything like that. It's Our, our engineers have told us that that's not the most effective way to prep the track. And uh, those are the same people who helped us with the repave and the variable banking. And so we listen to them, and that's not a knock on anybody who's using the compound. It's just the decision we make. Pat, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight to talk about your events this weekend at Kansas Speedway. Uh, before we let you get out of here, uh, let everybody know about any deals that you guys may have be, uh, going on, where they can follow you out on social media, and uh, anything that you want to throw back out there that the floor is yours. Again, I appreciate you taking the time to come on tonight, and best of luck this weekend uh, through all your events at Kansas. Thank you. I appreciate it. I would tell people to call us at 866-460-RACE. You can get the best deals on fan visions and uh, scanners, especially for first-time fans. We're, we're really trying to push those aggressively because we found that a fan who comes to a race for a first time who doesn't use a scanner or doesn't have a fan vision is is much less likely to return than those fans who do use them. So uh, we've worked really, really hard this year to increase the number of fans who are using those, and we've gotten very aggressive on the pricing. And so that's what I'd encourage people to do. 866-460-RACE is the easiest way to do it. You'll talk to a person. They'll walk you through everything you need and make sure you have a great experience. Thanks a lot, Pat. Best of luck this weekend. All right. Take care. Thank you. Pat Warren there, president of Kansas Motor Speed, Kansas Speedway there, Steve. And he, uh, right there toward the end, uh, I was going to bring up something, too. You brought up, uh, uh, they said, Pat said that the original tower dragon come from Kansas Speedway there. And I was listening to a press conference today. I think you probably listened to it. It was a teleconference at Pocono Raceway with, uh, I think it was Bart Truex Jr. Or someone, correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen. Am I right on, if I'm, I am I right with Danny the driver? Denny Hamlin, that's right. That's right, thank you. And one of the questions posed to Denny was, did he think that uh, Pocono Raceway needs to to put that that PJ1 down on the middle and high groove? And he said he thought that was a good thought. But like like Pat mentioned, 
the engineers, I don't want to go into engineer stuff. You know how I am about that. But the engineers advised him not to. I think that P.J. Warren would help at Kansas Speedway there, Stephen, to bring in that higher group. Your Kyle Larson, uh, everybody that runs that high group, I mean, you know, I don't know. Just want to get your thoughts on that. Um, you know, I think everybody, you know, is doing the best they can for their for their particular racetrack. There's a lot of engineers out there. Um, you know, that that take a look at these 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 compounds that you know Goodyear is bringing to the racetrack. Um, they're is you know each track the compound of of its own asphalt is is different it ages differently it does um it does different things and you know i'm I'm not an engineer by any means but when we go out there and we take a look at uh you know what these tracks are doing i mean they're kind of individualizing uh their you know what they're doing to improve the racing to their facility they're not trying to use a push the stance you know, cookie cutter, slap the same thing down that somebody else is doing, and, and and call it good. They're all trying to do something different, whatever works for their particular racetrack. Um, and there's a lot smarter people than I am. So you know, I'm I'm going to leave it at that. But I'm going to also frame it in the fact that um, I like the fact that every Every track is doing trying to do something different, and nobody's trying to be the same. Um, but they're all trying to accomplish the same end goal: is create better racing at their facilities. Stephen, I posed a question to uh, to the path there about uh, about the uh, it, was there any ticket packages for our veterans or college students? It seems like nowadays there's a lot of tracks. I mean, you know, week in and week out. They're honoring our veterans with some type of deal where they can get the veterans in to see the sport that they really love. And college students, too. They try to help them out to get them in. But I think it's a real big deal for every track in NASCAR, and NASCAR in general as a sanctioned body. They always they always want to live and breathe the American flag, the American creed, and I think that's really good, ain't it, brother? Yeah, I mean, it, it, they're they're trying to bring, you know, at the same time they're they're trying to open up their audience, and, and a lot of these tracks kind of know their audience audiences. Um, typically, you know, you're you're going to find a, a having contingent of people that are 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 mostly patriotic. You're going to find people that are uh, a contingent, a larger contingent of people that are blue collar workers, people that you know work for a living. Um, you know, not not to say that, you know, white collar and people that work in offices all day long aren't, you know, just as interested in NASCAR, but you know, as as, you know, demographics are concerned, you will see a lot more on, on the patriotic blue collar side of, of the spectrum of, of of people that are interested in coming and watching races on a race weekend. And you, you do you know, they they you know, they're just trying to open this up to the broadest audience as possible. Um, I, I think you know, some of the things that we've seen in the past, Kurt Bush does the uh, you know, the the deal where he gives a hundred tickets away um at various different racetracks. He's done this a couple times already this year. He's gonna do it a couple more times and tracks have been matching that uh, to bring uh veterans and active duty military to the racetrack. And I think all these initiatives are good because it's an outreach program that a lot of other sports aren't really doing and they're not they're not uh reaching out to a larger contingent of people, and especially, you know, people that are going to be more interested in not only just coming that one time, but they're going to be interested in coming back again. Hey, man, brother, and I want to throw out one more thought before we take a break. Uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Suzanne and I were at Talladega Super Speedway. We attended the uh, driver's meeting, the uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver's meeting. Uh, we could have went to the Cup Series driver's meeting, but I wasn't going to walk in there. It was like a... I don't know. It was, I'd have been nervous as long as Hellcat room for a rock chair because it was packed. Maybe we'll have a bigger thing. But uh, after the drivers meet, a lot of a lot of sports, sticking ball sports, they don't do it anymore. They have left God out of out of everything. But everybody in the NASCAR Xfinity Series drivers meeting 
the uh, the guy that was over it, we had a prayer, and everybody bowed their heads, and I I just think that's a really cool deal there too, Stephen. Um, it's something that NASCAR has done pretty much from the beginning, and it's something that they really haven't changed as far as their their views on this. We see it every single week prior to the anthem, and you know it's. Uh, I think it's something that's good. It's something that you know we need to continue to see in the sport, not only because of the tradition behind it, but also just because of uh, you know it's good to see you know people coming out and doing this uh, for us every week. Exactly. And folks, we're going a little. We're going to take a little quick break. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to come back and talk about uh, the dash for cash in the Xfinity Series. Talk about Martin Truex Jr.'s win up there at Dover. But, again, I want to let everybody know the number to call in is 215-383-3681. Again, I'm Tim Spain in Talladega. He's Stephen Wilson. Right outside of Richmond, Washway in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We will be right back after this quick song. Here we come. Come with me. There's a One night with one million dollars on the line. 
These all-stars aren't racing for titles. They're racing for cash. NASCAR Racing is back. The 35th NASCAR Monster Energy All-Star Race, Saturday night, May 18th. The All-Star Race experience includes free concerts by H.A.R. and Hairball. Tickets start at just $39, and kids' tickets are just $10. Experience it for yourself at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Get your tickets today. Call 800-455-FANS. I'm Matt DiBenedetto, driver of the number 95 Procore Toyota Camry, and you're listening to The Pit Stop with Tim Despain. We're back live from Talladega Super Speedway. Not from the Speedway. We're back live from Talladega. I'm Tim Despain, alongside at SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. Stephen, we had the uh, had the final dash for cash this past weekend up there at Dover, and guess who won it? You know. And he hit, this is his <laughs> second one. And the first, after he won the first $100,000, he had mentioned possibly wanting to start a sprint car team. Well, then after he won the second one, I think Chris Knight mentioned something there in the media center about how he was going to go about it. He sort of he sort of shied off, and I mean, you know, which I don't know how much it costs to to run a sprint car team there. But uh, just talk a little bit about the uh, Xfinity Series race there at Dover, where. Uh, Christopher Bell wins his second straight Xfinity race at Dover. Well, had it not been for a couple of people, uh, not only Christopher Bell, but, you know, other drivers out there uh, keeping uh, Cole Custer uh, down, uh, he led 155 laps of the 200 on, on Saturday afternoon, and it looked like he was well on his way. Uh, to pretty much dominating and winning this race. I mean, he dominated the race with 155 laps. So, uh, you know, for 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 that, uh, you know, that's that's a dominating factor. But uh, ultimately, uh, after the last round of pit stops and a couple of other drivers getting around him, uh, you know, he was not able to control the field. Uh, and, and Christopher Bell was able to get around and eventually went on to win. But uh, you know, before you know, uh, you have to you have to look at what Cole Custer did throughout the day. He had won back at uh, at Richmond just a just a couple of weeks prior uh, with Dash Cash Race there. So you know, it's uh, I think it's a pretty good opportunity that you know we're also seeing him uh, running up front and doing some of the things, getting better, getting more acclimated to the sport as he is. Um, and you know, Christopher Bell. Uh, I mean, he's he's pretty much dominating yet again, like he did. Um, he what is it like his third win already this year, or something like that? And probably would have had a fourth one and had it not been for Kyle Busch. And uh, uh, I don't know if it was Atlanta or Las Vegas, one of the two. Um, but anyways, um, I I think that uh, he uh, you know he's well in in championship contention at this point. And uh, we, you know, we we have to continue talking about Christopher Bell and the fact that last year, uh, a lot of people thought that Christopher Bell would move over to a Cup Series team, but at this point, there's really no Cup Series team or seat available, especially in the JGR wheelhouse, that would allow him to to go. But uh, I I think at some point, and it's becoming closer and closer to the fact, and you know, we're seeing him continue to win in the Xfinity Series like this. Um, I, I think, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing is going to be put in a position where they're going to have to find a seat for him in the Cup Series or they may risk losing him to somebody else. And to add to your point there, Steve, you bring up a really good point about there's a lot of social media stuff going around, you and I see it, about uh, about these young guys, especially Christopher Bell, like you mentioned, coming on, coming up through the ranks and coming to the top tier in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, you mentioned there's not a seat. Where are we going to put them? Because, you know, the Cup teams are limited to four four, team, four driver teams per owner. And like you said, where do you think we see Christopher? Christopher do we think we see Christopher staying in the Xfinity Series for a couple more years? Or what's your thoughts on that, brother? Now, I don't think that you will see him for a couple of more years in the Xfinity Series. I, I, I don't know how much longer Denny Hamlin's contract is for over there at um, at Joe Gibbs Racing, but um, 
I think he's going to, Christopher Bell is going to have to go somewhere. And where Joe Gibbs Racing ends up putting in that is really honestly, I, I think that's the crux of this issue and been the crux of the issue for a year or so. Uh, I think a lot of people have probably already felt like he should probably been in a Cup Series car, but unfortunately there's just another Cup Series car available for him. But, um, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where you put him. I mean, it, I mean, you have uh, Levine Family Racing that kind of slid into the to the uh, uh, you know what uh, furniture road racing had been done in in years past as as kind of a uh, um, a satellite team of Joe Gibbs Racing and furniture road racing. He ran Eric Jones in a second car supported by JGR for a year before he moved over there in the twenty car. Um, so is it something that Joe Gibbs Racing is going to look at Levine Family Racing and say, well, we're going to get you to field another car for us, at least for a year or two, and we're going to support the car, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, technically under Levine Family Racing more than it is Joe Gibbs Racing, so, but to keep him in the wheelhouse so that, you know, let's just say Denny Hamlin does retire or Denny Hamlin's contract comes to an end and doesn't renew it or whatever the case may be, um, there'll be a place for him over at Joe Gibbs Racing. I could see a situation where that could uh, develop. Um, how long that would take, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be next year or the year after that, but I don't think that, you know, Christopher Bell is going to continue to be uh, content just sitting there in an Xfinity Series car um, for too much longer. Yeah, you're right. And then maybe that just might be a question we might need to ask I Love Jeannie and let her rub her Jeannie bottle there to see what, what what's actually going to go on. But uh, Stephen, let, I, just, I just have to throw that out there. Uh, let's listen to what Christopher Bale had to say at the media center after winning the Xfinity Series race at Dover and cashing in on his second uh, $100,000 cash for cash at Dover International Speedway. Nice. All right, we're here with the winning team of uh, today's Allied Steel Building 200 and the winner of the $100,000 bonus uh, Xfinity Series Dash for Cash, and that is driver Christopher Bell and crew chief Jason Radcliffe. Uh, we'll start up. Dash for Cash, the final one, $100,000. Christopher, talk about that, would you? Uh, it was just outstanding. Or I mean, That's a little bit brave, but... Um, it was really good. Our car was really, really fast, and I knew right from the get-go that we had a really nice piece, and, uh, you know, we were just kind of stuck behind there, and at this racetrack, whenever, on short runs, the racetrack's just really fast, and it's pretty hard to pass, but as soon as it starts to widen out, then you can start making moves on guys, so, uh, you know, I can make a couple runs on the double zero, but I wasn't ever really able to pass him, and then, uh, you know, getting us out front there and having short runs at the end um, was the key. And Jason, uh, maybe talk about that pit stop lap, what I believe is 156 or so, that uh, that got the uh, 20 ahead of the double Yeah, I mean, the the Gibbs pit crews are pretty phenomenal. And uh, it's just a different group this week, actually. We've, uh, But they're they're all great. And we were making adjustments on the first two stops, um, and they were breaking even. So I knew on the last one, if we could just get a clean four-tire stop, that uh, they would give us a shot at it, and they did. Um Really, that's what what won us to race. We were making gains on the car. I think we were breaking even with the double zero on the long run. And at times, maybe a little better. Um, those guys had a great race car, uh, but I knew if we could get track position, that uh, we, we would be able to get it done. Or Christopher would anyway. So it's a good day. Excellent. All right. We'll open up for questions for our winning team. If you have one, please raise your hand, and we'll get you a mic. Chris Knight has a question. Chris Knight, catchman.com. Uh, Christopher, almost a year ago, you said you were worried about winning races, and now you've had nine wins since uh, that time span. So what are you focused on doing now? Continue, man. You're, uh, this sport's a very funny sport. You're only as good as your last race. So uh, at this moment, I just need to continue to win races and uh, just you know get better and better week in and week out. So days like today is, is a really good day. I didn't didn't feel like we had a dominant race car and we were still able to win. So uh, th those those days are really hard, hard hard to come by, and I'm very thankful that you know I get to drive for such a legendary crew chief like Jason. Kyle McFadden from the RacingExperts.com. Christopher, when I spoke to you 
yesterday you said that finishing races has seemed to be the downfall for you just like every season. Does a performance today quench that kind of like desire to or do you feel like you like put together a full race? Man, it, it makes those crashes go away, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it seems like we have decent amount of days where we're able to come out here and win races, which is outstanding and great. It's just those days where I need to finish fifth, fourth, third, that I end up finishing 35th, 36th, and 37th. Those are the days that we have to, to get better at. So uh, I'm really proud of this group of people that I, I get to drive for on this Joe Gibbs Racing Team 20. And, um, you know, winning races doesn't seem to be an issue for us. It's just taking those days where uh, we're not able to win and, and finishing our top fives and, instead of, you know, DNFs. Zach Sterniola, Pocono Record. Chris, Christopher, would you have been able to beat Cole had the either the race gone green or you not gotten him on pit road there? Man, it was going to be close. Uh, we were pretty close together, and he was starting to struggle pretty bad on that long run. So I feel like, nah, I mean, it's hard to say. But it was going to be a good race, that's for sure. Getting off pit road was going to be extremely important because, uh, you know, it, take, it takes so long for the cars to start driving bad here you know you t you fire off the racetrack's clean the tires have a lot of grip so uh, there's a lot of on throttle time and it's really hard to pass until you get deep into a run whenever you start seeing um, car difficulties so uh, it was going to be basically I, I feel like the race was going to be won by who got off pit road first and, and had the lead and then uh, it was going to be it was going to be a battle that's for sure any questions any final questions Bert? Winning team. Lee. Lee Spencer, RacingBoys.com. Jason, can you just talk about Christopher's development and what you've seen over him over the last couple of years, please? Well, um, you know, he, he came into the sport knowing how to win. There's no doubt about that. And I think he, he spoke on it a few minutes ago, and that's just – um, his desire to win is so big that he gets himself in trouble sometimes when he's got a third-place car. Um, but today, I mean, at times we weren't better than a second-place car, and uh, he was really patient and gave us good communication, good feedback. Um, and in the end, you know, he capitalized on it. And so I think early on maybe he wouldn't have been able to do that, but with the experience he has now under his belt and um, – I think he's at a point in his career where, you know, he's learning how to take what he can in a race car, and if he's got a fifth-place car, figure out how to finish third with it and take a second-place car and figure out how to win with it. So um, we, keep, we keep learning, you know, every week, but uh, winning's not a problem. Like he mentioned, we just got to finish where we race every week. And, Christopher, you mentioned on the uh, post-race broadcast about you felt like you needed to get better on restarts. And I talked to Larson yesterday, and, you know, he basically said that open-wheel racing, you know, because they're so short and fast, you have to be good at restarts. And so where was I, – I would think that you would kind of fall in that same category where restarts would really be your fort. Yeah, I mean, I've – it's just uh, – I think a lot of it is just the air, the air games and, and knowing – you know, how the air manipula manipulates your car and stuff like that. So uh, there's no doubt there's no harder restarts in the world than racing with the World of Outlaws. So, um, you know, those guys train you really good, and, uh, and it is double-file restarts over there too. But, you know, a lot of it here is just who gets the right push, who, you know, makes the right air block or, you know, placing air on, different, on parts of the other guy's cars. So uh, the air stuff is what I've struggled with, and, um, you know, I, I think I'm – I think I'm getting a little bit better at it. Chris? So you won $200,000 of the $400,000. Just wondering, what do you get any of that? And then what are you going to do with your the, the most coveted trophies, as you call them, in Victory Lane? Well, I've already got the one check hanging up in my house. So uh, it's in a pretty primo spot, too. You can see it pretty easily. Uh, so I need to find another spot for this check. But as far as getting any of the money, I, I, I haven't really paid attention to it yet. So... Uh, I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure on that. But anyway, it's regardless of who gets the money. Um, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing is going to 
benefit from it, and, and it's really cool to see how uh, Xfinity has put in a bunch of money for their for their teams to, to race for, and you don't get to race for that much money very often. And if it wasn't for a mistake on on a restart at Richmond, I feel like we had a good shot at winning um, all the real races. In your tradition of giving the checker flag away to those kids? Uh, just, you know, same deal. We get a bunch of trophies. Now I got a check, a golden miles. You know, a checker flag is uh, is something, you know, it's just a, a third piece of a trophy. So I, I decided to give it to a kid. You know, I've done it the last couple times. And um, I actually saw that kid at the autograph session, and he was, he was talking to me. So that's why I picked him. All right, any final questions for our winning team? All right, Christopher, Jason, congratulations. And good luck the rest of the season. And, Steve, that was Chris, Christopher Bale there at the media center at Pocono Raceway after he won the NASCAR Xfinity Series race there and also won the Dash for Cash, an extra $100,000. And he mentioned, uh, I want to quote Reed Spencer's uh, question to him about why did he end up giving that checkered flag away? Well, he, I think Ryan Blaney started that deal, Stephen, if you can help me out about giving that checkered flag out after he won a race to a fan. And I thought that was pretty neat for Chris, Christopher Bell to do that. And like he mentioned, he had talked to that young man at a autograph session. And also, uh, question number two. With it being the 50th anniversary of Dover, they made Monster Miles. They put him in gold, Steve. Yeah, it's just something neat that drivers just started doing, and it's interesting that um, for them in their perspective that, you know, they have so much of so much everything else, trophies and everything else that, you know, to be able to give away a flag to a fan is you know, just a connection out there in the sport. That's right. And Stephen, we're gonna jump out of here. I wanna thank uh I wanna thank you. I wanna thank your darn wife AM for her everything she does. I wanna thank my darn wife Suzanne for answering the phones here and I wanna thank uh Pat Warren, president of Kansas Motor Speed Kansas Speedway for coming in and, and joining us. Uh y'all tune in this weekend. They got a big race out there. They got a double hitter the Xfinity Series is off, but they got the Trucks and the Cup Series. Trucks is on Friday night. Uh, Cup is on Saturday night. Stephen, if you can, can you let, let everybody know the start times, radio, and TV? You got the floor, brother. Sure. Uh, NASCAR, Gander uh, Outdoor Truck Series qualifying uh, single lap for all positions uh, this week. And they started going back to seven car qualifying. Uh, single vehicle, single vehicle, single lap alternation. Five oh five p.m. Eastern Standard Time to be followed by Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying. Same thing, single, single vehicle, one lap, all positions. At eight thirty uh, p.m., the NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series event from Kansas Speedway had the uh, Digital Ally. 250 out there, 167 laps, 250.5 miles for them. And then on Saturday, uh, the Digital ILI 400 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Racing from Kansas, 267 laps, 400.5 miles. FS1 has your TV for both days. Sirius XM, MRM has your radio call um, for each event. Stephen, let everyone know what I can follow you at on social media and your website, brother. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest, SpeedwayDigest.com. And Brett Winningham will be out there this weekend at, at Kansas Speedway, so follow him at NASCAR underscore Brett. Everybody follow NASCAR underscore Brett. He's a writer for Stephen Wilson at SpeedwayDigest.com. You can follow me uh, on Facebook, Tim to Spain, uh, the Pit Stop Radio LLC on uh Twitter uh, at the Pit Stop Radio and at TD Lyman. And again, Stephen, I want to thank everybody that come on tonight. I want to thank uh, Pat Warren and his bunch there. They do an awesome job. And we will talk to you live next Tuesday evening from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim Despain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen, and we'll see you next Tuesday. 
That's the kind of boys that you want on your home team fast. Yeah, you think you're gonna catch your big dreams just like that fast. And here you are, looking back. 60 seconds now feels more like 30. TikTok won't stop and round it goes. Sand through the glass, your falls in a hurry. goes too fast. Fast. That's what your parents said when we were falling in love. It's too fast. There ain't no way the two of us were ever gonna last. But we did. And here we are. And our only problem is 60 seconds now feels more like I'm Matt DiBenedetto, driver of the number 95 Procore Toyota Camry, and you're listening to the Pit Stop with Tim DeSpain. <laughs> 